If you have a Bible, you can go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis 12, verse 1, and we'll pick up there in a moment. If you've been with us the last few weeks, you know that we made an announcement about our family feeling called to move to the Philippines in 2024 and a partner with uh, some contacts we have there in planting churches and raising up leaders and doing a number of things that we feel like the Lord's placed on our heart. In the meantime, we've been processing as a community what it looks like to embrace that change and the other changes that will come as a result. And this morning, we'd like to make another important announcement about where we feel the Lord is leading us as a community in 2024. And I'll share that in the form of a story that's unfolded over the course of the last few months. But first, I'm going to read the verses that we've been carrying for the last six weeks. Uh, This is Genesis 12, verse 1. God said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Before we go any further, I'll ask that you join me in prayer. Lord, we come to you this morning recognizing that you are the living God, that you died a real death on a cross for us, uh, for our sin, for the sin of the world, from Adam and Eve all the way down till the day you return. And we recognize, Lord, that the tomb is now empty. That we don't um, just come together to remember a good teacher, but we actually come together week in and week out to meet with a living God. So we thank you, Lord, for the empty tomb. We thank you for the reality that you are alive and well in the world with us even now, and that you are the good shepherd, the one who guides us, the one who directs our steps, like you did Abraham's, into new lands that we have yet to see. And so we look to you now, Lord, to be our king, our guide, our shepherd, as we look to the future together. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In March earlier this year, roughly eight months ago, while I was in South Africa, the Lord spoke clearly to me about our family moving to the Philippines. And as I came back from that trip and began to process over the month of April with my wife and with our elder team, the question that was sort of on the forefront of everyone's minds was, what's going to happen next? Uh, What are we going to do next and where is the church meant to go? God, you were clear in calling our family to uh, step out of the role that we're playing right now and to move to the Philippines. And so, Lord, we trust you uh, to be equally clear in leading the church community and what we're to do next. And as we process that together in the month of April, uh, that was one of the things that we were in the very early stages of lifting up in prayer. Hey, this is, we're just beginning to process this whole Philippines thing. We were getting ready to leave for sabbatical. And so uh, we decided, hey, we're going to kind of set this aside and sort of put it on the back burner for a few months while we're on sabbatical. But in the meantime, we're going to be seeking the Lord and praying about what's next. 
Uh, and coming out of that sabbatical on September 1st, our plan was to sort of hit the ground running in uh, seeking the Lord and pursuing and discerning, God, what's next for the church? Where are you leading us? During that sabbatical time, our family got a chance to visit a couple other churches in town, which when you're a pastor, you don't really get to do that because you're always busy on Sunday mornings. Uh, And so that was kind of fun for us to be able to go and connect with some other churches along the way. And we did that with a few churches, and then we left for a month and a half. For a month and a half, we were out of town. We went on a big road trip from here, kind of down to the Mexican border and back up to the Oregon coast and around to Spokane. And it was an amazing time. But when we got back from that road trip, we still had over a month of sabbatical left. And the next church on our list to visit was uh, Soma, which is a very, if you don't know Soma, they're a very like-minded church that meets two blocks from here, about 100 yards away from where we are right now. And uh, in a Seventh-day Adventist church on Spofford. And uh, some of you are chuckling because years ago, uh, 2017 to 2020, actually, we were in a Seventh-day Adventist church on Spofford. And there was all sorts of confusion because uh, we didn't realize there were two of them. And so over those early years of church planting, we would regularly get people wandering in and saying, hey, where's Steve? Uh, and I would say, who's Steve? Uh, you know, the pastor, past the Steve. I don't know who that is. And uh, this is the Seventh-day Adventist church on Spofford, right? Yes, this is the Seventh-day Adventist church on Spofford. Uh, and over the course of those months and years, we, we slowly figured out, oh, there's another church and another Seventh-day Adventist church on Spofford, and there's just a lot of confusion. Uh, in fact, more than once, I invited somebody to church for the first time, and a week or two later, when I circled back with them, they said, yeah, I went. It was great, but I didn't see you there. Uh, and I thought, I was preaching. Like, How did you not see me there? Uh, you're the Seventh-day Adventist Church on Spofford, right? Yes, yeah. 10 a.m. gathering? Yeah. We were so confused. Uh, but as COVID hit, we uh, stepped out of that building And we were in the park for a summer, and then in the flour mill, which is maybe eight to ten blocks south of here, right on the river downtown. Uh, We were there for a year before uh, finally landing in this building, uh, ironically, back on the same street as Soma, uh, only the other cross street. Uh, And so we were set to go and uh, visit them and worship with them that Sunday when Steve Hart, who is the pastor there, actually sent me a text message out of the blue, like three days before we were planning to visit. And he just said, hey, Matt, I've been thinking about you recently. Uh, I'm praying your sabbatical time is clarifying and energizing. And I've been wondering if you'd be up for connecting when you're back from sabbatical and uh, talking together about how we might partner more. Seems like we have a lot of similar DNA and perhaps some complementary gifting. Uh, I'd love to chat. So I said, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, we would, I'm happy to chat. We're actually uh, fresh off of a six-week road trip and planning to worship with you guys on Sunday. So why don't we just chat then? And so I, we worshiped with Soma. It was great. And after the gathering, Steve and I were chatting. And he said, yeah, I was out mowing the lawn the other day. And I felt like the Lord brought you and River's Edge to mind. And he gave me this phrase, better together. And so I just want to like, process that with you and, and chat about it. Maybe when you're back from sabbatical, we could see what you know, a deeper partnership might look like. 
And Steve and I have actually been in relationship for about five years. We've been meeting once a month with some other pastors in this neighborhood. We all just kind of meet together and, and pray together and encourage one another and figure out how we can partner together strategically to see more churches planted across our city. So there's sort of a, a backstory of relationship there. I said, awesome, you know, we'll be done with sabbatical in a month or so. I'd love to connect then. So we go back to sabbatical and we're kind of doing our thing. And days before sabbatical ends, I got another text from Steve. Hey, I know you're almost out of sabbatical. I'd love to chat about this, uh, this idea of being better together uh, and, and just see where that goes. Awesome. Yeah, I, I would love to chat. So September 2nd, I'm fresh out of sabbatical and I went to meet with our elder team. And during those four months of sabbatical, we were uh, totally isolated, uh, not just from you guys, but like from the world. Like I had no idea what was, what was going on. So we kind of, I walked into this meeting thinking, okay, I need an update. Like what's been happening in the church uh, the last four months? What's going on? And they had a bunch of updates to share and most of them were very encouraging. And one of the, th but one of the things that had come up during sabbatical is that um, First Church, who's across the street, they own this building. Uh, they wanted us to, they've asked us to start paying rent on the building, which is totally reasonable. If you know the backstory, we moved in here two years ago and they said, hey, the building, you can use this building for free, but it probably needs to be renovated first. And so as a church, we decided to take that on and did a lot of work and a lot of work parties and a decent amount of money that we put into the building, just gutted the whole thing and started over and flipped it. And in exchange, we've had the last two years rent-free, which has been awesome. And so now they're circling back and saying, hey, if you guys really feel like you're going to be here long-term, uh, we'd love for you to start paying rent on the building. We said, that's great, totally reasonable. Uh, but you should know that if we're going to pay rent on the building, We'll also be looking at other buildings uh, to see if there's something that might fit our needs a little bit better uh, and maybe has more room for our kids and things like that. So, so I'm coming into this elders meeting. We know there's a transition in leadership happening, but now we're also thinking about transitioning buildings and potentially looking for a new building. On top of that, we were coming off of probably our worst uh, year ever, or actually by far our worst year ever financially as a church. We essentially, since we planted the church seven, eight years ago, we had uh, six or seven years of um, straight financial growth, year over year, uh, every year, uh, giving increased. Uh, until we just kind of hit this weird year where all of a sudden we had an unusual year where expenses were higher than normal and giving dropped significantly, and we ended up with a big uh, deficit that year. And we were trying to reconcile that as well. So as I'm coming out of sabbatical, we're sort of, okay, we're in this place of financial vulnerability right now. We're potentially looking for a new leader. We're potentially looking for a new building. Let's start praying through this stuff. All right, let's, let's talk about the building. If, we're gonna, if, if we were even thinking about moving to another building, what are some options that come to mind? Uh, and we're thinking about it and, and praying about it. And I said, oh, actually, I forgot to mention this. But Steve Hart from Soma reached out with this word, Better Together, and uh, maybe, maybe there's something, I mean, there's a wide range of interpretations that could mean that we, you know, do justice work together in the city. It could mean that we do some, like, joint leadership trainings or missional community leader trainings since we have such similar vision. Uh, but it could be something deeper than that. What if we rented space from Soma? Maybe that's the way that we're supposed to partner together. And so we started chatting about that. 
when uh, Richard, one of our elders, spoke up. He said, well, it's, it's funny you mentioned Soma because my father-in-law, uh, Hannah's dad, Jim, uh, who's, who's been here before and gathered with us, he's part of Soma. And he had this dream when it was last winter um, that he had this, this vivid dream that we were all, and, and I think this was shortly after um, Peter had been diagnosed with this aggressive form of cancer, his grandson. Uh, and he said, I had this vivid dream that um, we were all worshiping together. Like uh, the people from Soma and the people of River's Edge, all is one in one room worshiping the Lord. And Peter was there. Peter was alive. Uh, and I think Richard at the time sort of said, well, like that's really encouraging that you had this vision of our son and that he's made it through cancer. And even though this image of us all being in church together, I think those are probably really natural things for you to desire as, as a grandparent to you know, have your grandson alive and have us all worshiping in one place, in one church community, uh, and, and sort of gently, kindly you know, dismissed it a little bit. But Jim kept coming back, no, I, I think there's something to this. I think the Lord is in this. I, I, I think there's something there. And so he shared that dream or that vision that Jim had, and also that another person from our community had approached him recently uh, to express sort of this uh, potential for collaboration or partnership with SOMA. And so between those three things being brought at the same time, all of a sudden in that moment, uh, this, uh, this idea was born of, Lord, are you asking us to do something deeper? Is this more than just sharing a building? Uh, is, is SOMA and River's Edge supposed to become one church? And we just started praying about that. Lord, is that, is that what you're trying to place in front of us right now through these things? Uh, and so we began to talk and pray about that. I, I went, kind of circled back around with Steve Hart and started chatting with him about different levels of partnership. And we agreed that that was within the range of what it might mean to be better together. So why don't we just start praying about it? And that really uh, sort of sparked a journey and a great series of uh, meetings and elder meetings and joint elder meetings and joint staff meetings uh, all through September and October, where we began uh, asking a series of questions. And these were some of the questions that we began asking during that time. The first question, is this possible or is this feasible? So what we're, what we're talking about and dreaming about, could it even be done? Is it within the realm of possibility? Because if it's not, and it can't be done, we don't even really need to pray about this anymore. We can just set it aside. We eventually said, yeah, this is, this is possible. It's feasible. It could be done. So the second question was, is this desirable? Do we both want this? Is this a good thing, an exciting thing, something that we would want to pursue together? Third question, would the kingdom of God expand in Spokane as a result? In other words, would we really be better together in that scenario? Can we do more together than we can apart? And finally, and ultimately, is this what we feel that the Lord is leading us into? Lord, is this what you have for us as a community as we step into 2024? God, are you the one bringing us together? Is this your idea? or simply a, a human idea. 
And so both elder teams began really asking those questions and journeying together through those months of uh, September, October, and early November. If you think about all of this in the analogy of human relationship, the initial conversation sort of sparked a journey of dating and courtship to sort of figure out, okay, is there something here? Uh, could this work? Could these two churches one day marry and become one church or one flesh, to use that language from Scripture? Uh, and while we were beginning to process that as an elder team, I called Josh Yakos, who's uh, one of the Regions Beyond leaders in Missoula, and I just began processing with him some of the options that we had in front of us. And, hey, Josh, we've got a few options in front of us, but the one that really seems to be gaining momentum is this idea of merging with Soma, which is this uh, like-minded church that's two blocks away. And I'm just trying to process that and figure out what that would look like. And he said, oh, we actually just merged with a, a like-minded church two years ago here in Missoula. And it went really well. And we used this book that was really helpful in helping us think through all the different angles and everything that is involved in that. Let me scroll back through my purchase history and find this book. I can't remember what it's called. So we're chatting, and he's scrolling back through his history. And he said, oh, here it is. Oh, that's funny. Uh, the book is called Better Together. Oh, okay. Uh, that's literally the name of the church merge book uh, that he was recommending. Uh, better together. So that became the question that we've been exploring with Soma over the course of the last few months. Is this true? Is this reality? Are we better together? Right out of the gate, we recognize some amazing similarities between our two churches in the same neighborhood, or the same street even, uh, similar church cultures, the same sense of mission, both locally and globally. We actually have the same values and use some of the same language in describing who we are in Christ and how we live out our values. We have similar demographics of people, though we have a slightly higher uh, kid-to-parent ratio. Um, and even similar teaching style and theological roots uh, and, and all of it, and even similar church roots. Uh, many of you know that this church was originally planted out of a family of churches in Portland, led by John Mark Comer. But the missional community trainings at our church in Portland were actually led by a, name, a man named Jeff Vanderstilt, who uh, planted the first Soma church in Tacoma. Uh, and Soma was really built around missional communities. So when our church in Portland said, we want to start missional communities, Jeff was the guy who came down to Portland and did our trainings. So even the kind of architecture and vision and values surrounding missional communities in River's Edge today actually come, can trace its roots back to Soma in Tacoma and Jeff and what they're doing there. And I actually used Jeff's book, Gospel Fluency, for a series that we did, for those of you who are with us in the flour mill, post-COVID, post-shelter-in-place. I think COVID's done. I don't know. Um, post-shelter-in-place, we were in the flour mill. We did a series on being witnesses for Jesus in the current cultural moment that we're living in. And we used Jeff's book, Gospel Fluency. It was recommended reading uh, for our church in that time. And a similar thing we can see on, on the other side, where a lot of the things that John Mark was doing and teaching have actually influenced Soma and uh, how they do things as well. So we recognize, hey, we have similar roots. We draw from similar sources, whether that's John Mark Comer or Jeff Vanderstilt or 
Tim Keller or N.T. Wright or the Bible Project, whatever it might be. We have similar DNA, similar values, and similar church cultures, uh, a similar emphasis on the mission of God. And so we saw all of those things as we began to dig deeper. And not only that, but I think we began to see uh, complementary gifting and talents, complementary strengths and weaknesses. We began to see, wow, I think if we did this and married these churches together, Soma actually has something to offer the body of River's Edge, and, and River's Edge actually has something to offer Soma and the body there. Like God's doing similar but complementary things among these two communities. And so what we began to recognize is, hey, I think if we do this, we're going to feel a real sense of, of synergy, uh, of, wow, what, what God's been doing there and what God's been doing here are, are actually really well suited for us to come along side by side. And that led us ultimately the, to the conclusion that we are, at the end of the day, better together. The more we leaned in, the more we sensed God leading in this direction, opening new doors, uh, closing some alternative doors, giving us a growing sense of peace and even excitement over what this could look like. And so I'm pleased to announce this morning that after months of prayer and meetings and weighing and deliberation and discerning, uh, the elders at both River's Edge and Soma have decided to move forward in making the two churches one. That's going to be a process that's going to unfold over the course of the next couple of months. But I believe at the end of this process, after the two have become one and fully integrated with one another, we'll actually be better positioned to live out the things that God's calling us to do. Who he's calling us to be in this city. After months of prayer and conversation, we've come to a place uh, where we believe that we will be stronger together than we are apart, that we can accomplish more together than we're accomplishing apart, and that ultimately the kingdom of God is going to expand in Spokane and in the Philippines as a result of moving forward and the two becoming one. Uh, in short, we believe that God has something in us, or in us, for us in this. There's something waiting for us that he intends for us to be and experience and become through this. And so we're genuinely excited to share that this morning and to walk that out together as a community. But needless to say, that means that change is coming and change in any form can be difficult. We've been talking about this the last few weeks. Uh, change requires risk. It requires courage. It requires vision. It requires faith. It means that we are going to take a leap of faith as a community into the new thing that we feel like God is calling us to. And that's an exciting thing that's loaded with potential. The potential for us to grow. The potential for the kingdom of God to expand in our city. But it can also feel scary or uncertain. Uh, what I'm sharing this morning likely raises many more questions than it answers. So we want to recognize that as well. But as an elder team, we believe that this moment has come when God is calling us, as He called Abraham, 
to, quote, leave your country, your people, and your father's household to go to the new land that I will show you. And like Abraham, or the Israelites in Egypt, or the disciples at their fishing boats, the most natural response is, what land? What are you talking about? I've never seen that land. I've never been to that place. I can't even form a picture of it in my mind. Is it really going to be as good as this place? These are the questions the people of God throughout Scripture have been asking. Can you honestly tell me it's going to be better than the comforts of Mesopotamia or the stability that we have in Egypt or the beauty of fishing on the Sea of Galilee? I don't know. I'm not so sure. I've never been to that land. I can't picture that land. But the good news is, we have time. We aren't combining next Sunday. We're not rushing into anything. We have several months of process ahead of us to see that dream become reality. And we're going to take time next Sunday to explain in greater depth and in greater detail what we feel like the Lord has for us, uh, why we're moving forward in making the two churches one, and why we believe we will be better together than we are apart. But for now, we're going to take some time to process, to pray and seek God and journey together, recognizing that we have people all over the map this morning. In fact, weeks ago, I shared, hey, we're called to the Philippines, and the two options before us are to find someone to replace my role in the church or to merge with another healthy church. And even as I shared that, we had some people who came up and were just instantly excited. We're so excited for you going to the Philippines. We just see the Lord in this. It's just pure excitement. And, and we're excited about this idea of merging with another healthy church. We think that could be awesome. We see the potential in that. They didn't even know what church or like what we were talking about. So we have some people who are on that end of, of, the, of the spectrum of experience. But we also have people on the other end who, who uh, process change much slower, who go through those uh, stages of, of feeling loss and grief and, and disorientation before uh, they can move forward with the new thing. And so we want to be sensitive to the fact that we'll have people all over the map, and that's okay. That's okay. We're committed to moving forward together as a community through all of it through all of the range of emotions, through all of the highs and lows, with all of the changes and transitions, with all of the losses and the gains. But we believe that this is where God is leading us, that this is where he's directing our community. And we have great confidence in the midst of that, that he's not bringing us out into the desert to die. That he has something in store for us on the other side as we follow after him. He's uh, moving us into a new land. We believe that with that, it's going to come a fresh season of renewal and rebirth 
and growth and expansion as we follow him into the unknown, into the land we have yet to see. God is going to take the family that we have here and enlarge it with new brothers and sisters. And we believe that some really beautiful things are going to come out of that as we move forward with him. The land that lies ahead is a good land. And we're excited to journey there together. In the meantime, uh, I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll spend some time in worship.